Welcome to the Beyond Stuck podcast with Coletta Jones-Patterson, where we feature guests who have overcome the odds and have gotten unstuck. In their words, they share with us practical insight and tips on how to go beyond stuck and enjoy life. On today's episode, our guest is LaTanya Jackson. LaTanya is the managing partner for Identified Consulting Services, LLC. Her expertise fosters ongoing company growth through thought leadership, coaching, and consulting. Highly skilled in collaborative partnerships, individual and group coaching, and people development, LaTanya's experience includes serving in HR strategy, talent development, and learning and development roles. She received a BSBA in Marketing and Finance at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, an MED in Higher Education Leadership from the University of Arkansas, and a Doctor of Education in Workforce Development Education from the University of Arkansas at Fayetteville. LaTanya volunteers her time to facilitate for Unform Your Bias, a nonprofit organization with a mission to reduce racial injustice across U.S. cities. LaTanya's most important roles in life include that of wife and mother of three little ones, ages 12, 6, and 3. LaTanya is also an author or co-author of four books. She's authored No Deadbeat Jobs, Seven Reasons Why It's Time to Start Thinking About a Career Change, and The Layoff Lab, Seven Strategies to Navigate a Layoff or Career Transition. She has co-authored I Am Called, and Five Blinders to Seeing Color. Please join me in welcoming to today's podcast, LaTanya Jackson. Hi, LaTanya. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. So glad you could join us today. And I know that I'm excited to hear what all you have to share with us regarding your journey of getting unstuck. I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah. So we'll just kick it off first and talk a little bit about this concept of stuck. And how would you define that word? So I think stuck has two different definitions. Um, one is, you know, when like you're stuck in the mud, and you can't move immovable. Mm-hmm. But then the other one um, that was fascinating to me as I was prepping for our session today, uh, firmly positioned in place. Difficult Mm. to dislodge. And so when you think about that definition, and that's Webster, right? But as I was reading the scripture, the reason I went um, to look it up, because I thought, um, and there's a story about Jacob, you know, where he takes the bark and he Mm -hmm. strips them down and he um, plants them or he places them, right? And the animals are focused on them, right? And they're looking at them. Mm -hmm. Well, if you read that in different variations, it says that those, those, that bark was stuck in the ground. And as I read it, I realized that stuck didn't necessarily have to have a negative connotation. It could actually have a positive one, right? Because it was firmly positioned with the intent of uh, something greater on the other side, right? And so um, being stuck is more, right? It's just sometimes you're stuck because you are being positioned in place for something that's been difficult to dislodge in your life. And I think that that's really, uh, it was revelatory for me in the moment as I was reading it. Um, But I think stuck can have both a positive and negative connotation. 
Wow, that's really good. Girl, I hear you preaching already. (laughs) We're talking about um, something that's firmly positioned in place and just thinking of that, how that can be a positive thing that moves us forward. You know, it gets us prepared for something greater. Um, So thinking about, and I don't know which spin you're going to take with that, but what ways do you feel like you were stuck just kind of looking back over your life and um, what area would you say you, you could see yourself being stuck in? And I have been stuck in a lot of different areas. <laughs> My teaching <laughs> is the main uh, place, right? It starts there, uh, as my mentor and coach um, says all the time, right? Your thinking, feeling cycle. What you, you think a thought um, that creates a feeling releases a chemical uh, that releases a chemical that creates a feeling in your body. And as a result of that, right? And then this cycle like continues. So for me, given some things in my um, upbringing, that, you know, being told I wasn't um, good enough or that I would never amount to anything uh, from childhood, right? So a lot of times we're stuck in things that that have been since we were before we were born in some instances, things mm-hmm. we don't even know about that are generational. And then the things that we actually do know that we allowed ourselves to stay in, right? We didn't get the help we needed. We didn't move forward. And so for me, um, words have always been extremely powerful. And so if someone says, something to me and it's not always in the best of intentions or it doesn't feel that way, I can take those words and internalize them. And so I can Mm -hmm. get stuck in, I've been stuck in offense and self-doubt and feelings of unworthiness and unbelief for a long time because of the words um, that people have released over my life. Mm -hmm. And I've had to um, you know, I'm still digging out of some of that, right? So it's not not like I'm completely free, but I'm I'm certainly free in Christ. And that's uh, abundantly free. I was reading in Ephesians. I love this. Uh, says in Ephesians uh, one, you can be one through four because I don't remember exactly what scripture, but just read. Uh-huh. It's good for you. Uh, but it was uh, as I was reading, it was like I'm I am whole and holy. I'm abundantly free. Faith is my home. I am wanted. The Father uh, resides here in me, and um, He doesn't want me to be a wandering exile. And that's what can happen when we are stuck, right? And so, and that was just the, the Cliff Notes, Latanya's Cliff Note versions of that those right of the scripture. But I was stuck in all of that. I was stuck as a wandering exile, as a vagabond orphan, just kind of wandering, meandering life while doing good things, right? And so you can be stuck and still be successful. So be careful. Um, because you can be successful in the thing that that you were gifted and graced to do, but not actually know that you're successful, that unworthiness for me. And so, um, and that self-doubt. And so even if it was good and it was excellent and it was done with the heart of excellence, um, I remember a, a pastor saying to me one time, she said, she's like, man, the spirit of excellence, she goes, it's not just that you did a good job, the excellence that's present. And she's like, but you can't even enjoy it. And, and it was just an interesting moment for me. It's obviously stuck out in my mind. This was years ago. And I, I remember thinking through that and I was like, well, why couldn't I enjoy it? Why didn't I? And it was because I just kept focusing on everything that was wrong. And and so you can be stuck. You're doing good things and you're doing great work and the event was successful um, or you got the promotion or you're, you know, right. You're getting the accolades. You receive the award. But mm-hmm. if your mind is in that place it, where it's um, difficult to dislodge the negative so that you can't position and, and place the positive, then that 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 doesn't work. And so really thinking, how do you move from that place of offense and self-doubt, unworthiness and unbelief? And 
And like I said, for me, it's still a journey um, that I'm digging out of, but I certainly am much further today than I was yesterday. Yeah, I really like that, um, the stuck and successful, because I think that's something we don't talk about a lot, that you can be doing really good things and on the outside, everything looks fine. You're getting the awards, the accolades, you're moving forward in your purpose, but there's still this, maybe this inner part of you that just can't enjoy it, um, is not present in the moment or, or still has those negative thoughts, you know, that you are constantly having to fight off. So let's dig a little bit deeper into that. Um, how would you contrast kind of that stuck and successful to, I guess, like an unstuck and successful, like maybe what's an example you've had of where you could see where you were doing well, but you were still stuck, but you can contrast that with um, now you've, you're moving forward and you're able to enjoy the success. Well, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I was prepared for that one. Kalinda. I know, I'm, I'm throwing you off. That's okay. Um, but it's just such an interesting notion because I was like, yeah, I never really thought about that. And so, and I know you say you're still working through it and it's, you know, it's still a, a journey that you're on, but I just wonder if, if now you can look back and see, you know, this is a time when I knew I wasn't stuck. Like I really could enjoy that moment. Yeah. So I think for me, one of the a place of freedom. Uh, I had my my uh, third child, mm-hmm. and I, all of my children were C sections. But I had some complications after um, my youngest son, and uh, you know it was sort of one of those. I don't want to say it was life or death, but it certainly felt that way to me. It was just like, wait a minute, I've never had issues. I had I was diagnosed with high blood pressure. Um, they found a blood clot in my leg. All of mm-hmm. these things about uh, two weeks after he was born. Now, mind you, I had been in pain for. <laughs> weeks, but I just thought it was part of the, the, you know, just the journey other times. Right. And so, um, but when they gave the diagnosis, I remember the doctor's face, like I'd gone to, um, the OB GYN doctor, right. To get checked. Cause I was just like, something's not right. And, Mm. um, and then they released me and sent me to another location. And when I got there and they did the test and all the stuff, I remember laying there like, and the lady wasn't saying much. Usually that's not a good sign. And so I was like, what's going on? And she goes, well, she goes, they let you drive over here. And I was like, yeah. Um, You know, and then she didn't say anything else. Right. And then they sent me to my doctor. He wanted to see me right away. So I go to him. Right. So I've gone to three doctors in the same day and he goes, and they let you leave the hospital. And I was like, why are you asking me that question? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yes, they let me leave the hospital. He goes, okay, here's the situation, right? So that's when he goes, you've got a blood clot in your leg. We need to get you on some thinners and and also your blood pressure sky high, which we think is connected, you know, so they're giving me all this diagnosis Mm -hmm. and imagine, right? I've got a little baby, two weeks old at home. I've got two other children and all of a sudden, like for me and my family, I've had people with high blood pressure. I've done everything I can to make sure I, you know, my blood pressure doesn't rise. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. get diabetes. I mean, I've been close because I just hadn't been taking care of myself, but I am fully aware and I've got a prayer out there that says like, Lord, never let me go past this certain point. And so here I am with this diagnosis, an opportunity comes for me to coach at an organization. And um, I interview, right. Cause we needed, we were in a financial uh, place that just wasn't positive. Right. So now we've got mountain medical bills. My husband's, you know, working, um, diligently he's being faithful but it was just an hourly job he hated corporate america uh, so we we were in i was running a business and when i took maternity leave there was no no income i mean other than what he was bringing in which was very little and now we've got mounting bills and the medication um cost 500 for one 30-day supply wow. mm-hmm. and so 
I'm desperate, right? And that desperation is sort of in this place of, you know, I can't let my husband know. I don't want to add any more pressure to him, but I know he's feeling the pressure. I can see it. Mm -hmm. And physically I'm like, all right. So I am, I was selling jewelry uh, on the side at the time and they put out this challenge for 30 days. And it was, a, I call it the I am challenge. Um, I think that's mm -hmm. what they called it as well. And so for 30, I was like, I'm taking this challenge because mm -hmm. I know that my mindset, because of that place where I've been stuck in self-doubt and unworthiness, and now I've got this thing that makes me think about death, right? This, this, this mm -hmm. diagnosis. And so I had to get myself out of it. And so I started doing the I am challenge with post-it notes and I would just write down um, I am and I still have them. I found them the other day. They're in a Ziploc bag. But um, and I wrote down, you know, every day I would go find something to say about who I am as opposed to who I am not. And during that 30 days, it was April. It happened to be my birthday month. I don't think that was a coincidence. Um, it was the month before, my, it was the month of my 40th birthday. So let's talk to the open heavens, right? Four is an open heaven oh, yeah. um, and all of those different things. So it was extremely important. And I didn't get the gig, at least at that point, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I was, I was like, that's okay. I am still worthy. I am confident. I am this. And every day I was reciting who I was or who I am as opposed to who I was not. So I stopped focusing on um, that diagnosis and all that. Yes, I was taking the medication. I was doing everything I was supposed to do. And then all of a sudden um, the event was going to happen in May and about, I think the week of my birthday, um, on my son's birthday, my oldest son's birthday, which is the 27th of April, I get a phone call from that company. And they said, we've had a situation. One of the coaches, she had a death in her family and now she wasn't going to be able to to coach, can you still come? Because they they liked me and they wanted me to come and they were going to use me in other ways, but just not for this event. Well, mm -hmm. um, I I get that call and I say yes. Now here's the thing: it was in Tennessee, in Nashville. Mm -hmm. I've just had a baby via <laughs> I've got a diagnosis, and I'm thinking, Lord, how in the world am I going to get? there, right? I don't have the yeah. money to buy a plane ticket. So I'm going to drive with a blood clot in my leg by myself, leave my brand new baby at home with my mom, you know, and, and my mm. husband and, you know, my other two children. And, and, but my husband and I, we came to agreement and he said, yeah, I think you should do it. So we said, yes. And I'm thinking, I don't know if we even have enough for me to pay for gas. I don't even know, <laughs> but I yeah. know if I get there, everything's yeah. going to be okay. Right. And it was in that moment where, right, I was stuck, but all of a sudden I recognized who I was. And I, and as a result of that, I believe I began to attract who, who I actually am. And I made it to that event, right. Eating my dollar and 10 cent. I got a double cheeseburger at McDonald's. You know, I had enough to put, you know, use the credit card for gas, which we didn't like to do and to get there. And then um, they paid for my room and they, there were meals so it was just, and it was this moment where I was pouring into others from a place that nobody knew what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, and, and so I could, I was in the appearance of mentoring these eight women uh, who were in corporate careers and mid-level and they were wanting to grow. And I watched each one of them grow and I was able to coach them. And that's when I was like, you know what? This is, this is pretty cool. And I, I all of a sudden recognized that I didn't have to be stuck. Right. And from that point, things began to increase and change. Right. So that's an example of where 
you can be in the middle of something and right. And it wasn't that, I mean, I had a lot of unworthiness in my mind as I was driving, but I had recorded myself rehearsing who I was. Um, so I could listen to myself as I drove from uh, Northwest Arkansas to Nashville, Tennessee, and then back home. And when we received that check, it, it literally was just such a huge change for us. And then I started, I wanted to write a book and, and, and like life shifted. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had, um, you know, I'd gone through so many other things before that, but that's one of the moments that I can tell you where you're, you're stuck and you can find success even in the midst of being stuck. And, yeah. you know, and, and so um, the other side of where you're unstuck and, and things are going well, is I'm writing books and I'm helping others write books as a publisher. Um, and, and I'm working with a client uh, doing some facilitation for diversity and inclusion and all of a sudden they offer me a job and I'm like, wow, <laughs> I don't want to go back into corporate America. I've made that very clear. Um, and, uh, you know, they were persistent. And right. So when you're successful and you're firmly positioned where you should be, in this case, I was doing what I loved. I'd been laid off a second time in my career. So we could talk about that. But um, I had had a layoff. It was totally unexpected in March of 2020. In fact, it was two days before the WHO uh, announced officially, well, it was on the day, on the 10th, the WHO announced that evening that um, it, the coronavirus had become a global pandemic. And then that Friday was when everything began to shut down. Well, that day I wake up and I have a job and, and we're in a meeting with my boss and my um, teammate um, in our regular touch base meeting. And then all of a sudden we get notifications. Can you come to the office and meet at, at noon? And that afternoon they let our entire team go. Mm. And so, uh, and our boss did not know, right? So talk about like that for me was a place where things were going well, I'm not stuck, I'm mentally okay, we're planning for the future, got all these ideas and creativity, and they let us go. And, you know, they offered a severance, which was great. Um, and then you fast forward just a few months later from March to August, I'm, I'm facilitating for a client, because the thing I had to fall back on was my business. I didn't mm -hmm. stay in a place where I didn't have something else to offer. And I decided I would not give up my business ever again after that moment happened, right? Because in mm -hmm. the moment you can feel like a failure. And I did, I felt like I failed a second time because that was my second layoff experience in my career. But after getting correction from my mentor and coach, getting some <laughs> words of wisdom from my spiritual leaders, getting some um, some friends around me to to help me walk through it. Um, you know, immediately I got up. I remember I was in the floor in my kitchen and I got up. I dusted myself off, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, I've got a business. I've got something else. And so I started my business back up. I reached out to former clients and said, hey, I'm back on the market. I'm available. Do you need any help? And immediately they all said yes, because I'd left a legacy trail of good, um, solid work. And so when they, they immediately needed help, because everybody was scrambling to figure out what to do. And my mm -hmm. business was right back on track. And then, you know, that company, uh, one of the companies that I that was a client of mine offered me a job in November and I started working with them in January. And that that because I didn't let myself stay in that place. Right. Yeah. Success followed that their success leaves clues is one of the things my mentors and coach says she's a success leaves clues. Well, I knew that if I could get back to doing business, I could make at least a good, you know, uh, mid twenty five to thirty thousand dollars by the end of the year minimum. And right. 
grow from there. And since I had a severance package, we weren't going to be hurting. So I knew that because of my prior experiences with how everything happened before, right? Um, Based on the story I just shared with you. And so lots of things that that stuck in successful. um, But then you get inside the corporate environment and you can feel like an imposter again, right? Because you're being Mm -hmm. promoted and these things are happening. And that, that imposter syndrome is, I'm stuck, right? It's a sign to you that you're feeling stuck or if you're questioning why did I take this job? Or if you're questioning, was this a right move? That's a sign that something in your thinking is off and you need to pay attention, but you can still be doing the very thing that you're gifted and talented to do that, that God graced you to do so that you could, um, you'll, you'll always be successful in that. Um, even if you're not trying, it'll just happen because it's who you are. It's what you're called to do in the earth. It's just tapping into it with the right thinking cycle going on. Right. So with all of that, you were able to really shift your thinking is what it sounds like um, and make the most of what could have been a bad situation, Um, you know, whether it was with your health or your family or just getting laid off, all those things. But we all have a choice to make, you know, how are we going to react to what has just happened? Um, And so you had a shift. You chose to, you know, change your thinking cycle and then to move forward and start your business again and and, um kind of get over those feelings of self-doubt and unworthiness and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that may have been your breaking point, but was there a moment where you were like, I know I've got to change my thinking if I really want to move forward and not remain stuck? So my daughter, um, I have one daughter and two sons and my daughter's the oldest. And as I watch her, she's 12. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we're, we're in that in-between stage But a few years ago, I noticed a change in her behavior. She's always been very confident, right? Because everything I've ever done is to to get her not to be like me (laughs) in a lot of ways, right? I don't want her dealing with issues about her body image, none of those things. But I realized that even in our unconscious, uh, right? We always talk, you hear the term unconscious bias. Well, we have unconscious um, in other ways. There are things that we're doing unconsciously in our lives that Um, our children, if you have children, um, or if you have people who are watching you, who look up to you or who admire you or respect you, they're watching you. And they're not just watching what you do. They watch uh, what you say, how you say it, how you respond or react to situations. And my daughter went from this very upbeat, bright, positive, energetic fashion uh, young lady to a young lady wearing a hoodie Mm-hmm. covering up everything. And I was trying to figure out why, right? Mm-hmm. Like as a mom, it's just like, hold up, wait a minute. This is not, she's never been this person. And so mm-hmm. then I thought, okay, I put her in public school because she had been in private school and then we homeschooled for a year. And um, we put her in public school um, when I was pregnant with my youngest. And I remember crying and thinking, is this the right move for her? And it absolutely was. But all of the other things, right, of course, because I had that moment of pause, that was an opportunity for the enemy, just to be frank, to come in Mm -hmm. and um, use it and kind of just create this wedge. And so if you can't get you, he'll come attack your children. So you got to be aware of that. And I wasn't aware, right, because mentally I was still processing a lot of these other, even though I had that great successful story just a few months earlier, I still had to walk through that journey of getting my mind right and making that shift. And, um, and so I remember talking with my daughter and it was like, she was so angry one day and she, she wouldn't let me hug her. And so 
I, I was I was reaching, I was crying out. I, I don't have any other words to say other than I was just crying out, like, what is going on? And in that moment, when she finally, when I finally, Holy Spirit was just like, just grab her and don't let her go. And I grabbed her and I held her and I didn't let her go. And within, it took like 10 minutes. Of, she kept mm -hmm. trying to pull away. She kept trying to pull away. And I just held on as tight as I could. Like, do, and he was like, do not let her go. And then all of a sudden she begins to break and she begins to weep. And all of these things that have been going on start to come from her. And I realized that's, that's me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that's, whew, Lord, I wasn't very prepared for that. But that is me. That is what, um, that's what I do. I hold all this stuff in. And I'm like, whoo, I got to show her. Like, I can't just tell her. I got to show yeah. her that you mm -hmm. don't hold all this stuff in, that you have to talk about it that it's okay, that it's not okay. And I, as I was walking through that, he led me, um, you heard me reference my mentor and coach. It happens to be Pastor Shannon Strickland. And um, he led me to her soul shift program. And I still, till this day, she doesn't like it when I tell the story, but I didn't have the, but I had a skill set. I'm a really good instructional designer. And I wanted to take her program and create and design something for her. Um, and I was like, that's all I got. Can, can I come and do that? Because I need to shift because mm -hmm. I need her to shift and I don't want her to grow up. And then, you know, we don't think about little boys going through things, but they, they're seeing the same thing. So how they react and, and respond to things is going to be based on not just me, but also what they see their father do. And so mm -hmm. I went to that soul shift and man, out of that was another place that, right. That breaking point led me to a shift that has a, a soul shift. Um, which is the name of her program that has changed my life. Um, and I'm still shifting. I'm growing and becoming every day. But that was one of the moments that was extreme, along with friends, um, mm. seeing that in me and seeing that something was wrong and um, inviting me over and getting me to talk with them because I, I hold everything in. So they knew something was off and they, um, I'm gonna call her C. C was like, no. You're, we're going we're gonna to deal with this tonight. And we did at her dinner table with her husband, my husband, and our children running around the house. It didn't matter because man, did the Holy Spirit show up. And I, just like my daughter, I had that breaking point mm. and I cried and I released the offense. I released the anger. I released the self-doubt and I picked myself up and we have been going strong ever since. Wow. That's so awesome. And I think from what you said, like this, these thoughts have been going on for years. And so really having to pick up, you know, <clears throat> those pieces, that trauma, that baggage and being and not being afraid to deal with it, you know, being mm -hmm. able to confront it. And I think that's half the battle because a lot of times we don't even realize what we are carrying and the weight of it and how it's affecting us because we've worn it and carried it for so long and gotten used to it. And like you said, we can still be stuck there and successful. And so we kind of forget about it, but Holy Spirit reminds us that, no, we really need to deal with that. And there's freedom, you know, we can mm -hmm. break free of it. So, um, so that was, so that was the beginning of the journey of how you got unstuck, but walk us, are there any more tips on how you got unstuck, how you were able to um, soul shift? Yeah. So it starts with a decision. Right. Um, and I, I did it. I wrote a book um, following that soul shift class. <laughs> mm. A lot of things that the no deadbeat jobs book was birthed out of that shift. Right. It was something like I always wanted to write a book. I had written co-authored a book with my daughter, Sydney. It was a children's book. And that was based on a word during worship that I got from the Lord. 
um, to do that with her, um, to write this children's book. Um, it's a poem, uh, you know, just kind of an extended poetry story. And Sydney got involved in that project. But after Soul Shift, I wrote No Deadbeat Jobs and took my experience and everything I'd learned and put it in a book. And um, and so, but the first thing that I had to do was just make a decision about what I wanted. What do you want? And that, like, what do you want? Because most of the time, at least for me, when I've been stuck in those places, when I've been, right, immovable, right, meaning, right, not wanting to move. Well, you got to make a decision that you want to move. You got to make a decision that you want to change. You got to make a decision. Um, so you got to decide, um, you know, mm -hmm. determine what is it that you want and and really evict the BS, the bogus stories, which I got from a different coach that I had at, at the time. Um, you you got to commit to being willing to move forward. Um, yeah. You got to do the work. You got to sit down. You got to interrogate your thoughts. Where did that come from? You know, if mm -hmm. I'm thinking I'm unworthy, where did that come from? Who told me that? Yeah. Does that line up with the word of the Lord? Uh, you know, about who I am. Right. And so going back, you know, that I am exercise was powerful because I didn't really know who I was. And and so here you go fast forward and it's like, oh, that, that was important for me to say out loud because I wasn't interrogating where these thoughts were coming from. And um, that's important in mm. determining your way forward. Where what is it that you want to do? Where do you want to go? Where what is it? That vision, right? You got to have a vision for what it is. And I, I used to hate when people said that because I had no vision. Um, and yeah. you know, the the scripture says, "Without uh, my people perish for a lack of knowledge." But you know, if you read that in a different way, it's like if you have no vision, you don't know where you're going. Right, you're lost. <laughs> you got to know where you're going. Yeah. Um, and most of us don't. We we just meander. Oh, I'll get this job. I'll take this job. But if you're on an adventure, we've been talking about that in our mentoring class. Uh, you know, are take an adventure with God, right? And like, let him meander, but every aspect of your life. And it starts with that decision, like, Holy Spirit, I want to, you know, this year I said, I wanted to write two books. I haven't written one yet, but I've, I said, I wanted to write two books this year. Uh -huh. uh, and he gave me two ideas. I just haven't done the work. So it's not only once you make a decision about where you want to go, you got to do the work. Do the right. Work. You got to sit down and write the book or you got to sit down and take the class or invest the money in, in, in learning and getting the knowledge that you need to be able to go where he's showing you to go. And um, so those are um, some of the things, right? It's just making that decision. And then once you make that decision, um, you know, it's, it, it, remember, it doesn't have to be bad, right? Being stuck mm -hmm. is firmly positioned. So Holy Spirit, if I am in a place that I don't like. If I am in a place, you know, think about those cows, those animals, right? What mm -hmm. happened? That story is so powerful. But just like they put the bark in the ground because he said, give me all the spotted and speckled animals and I'll take that. Well, every animal was focused on what was stuck in the ground. Every animal was focused on that bark that had been firmly positioned. And so mm -hmm. I, as I was reading that yesterday, I was thinking, I am firmly in, in the midst of everything. I was firmly positioned to get closer to him. Mm -hmm. I was firmly positioned to learn who I was. I was firmly positioned, even though I didn't like the place that I was in, even though I was angry about that place with him, I had to learn how to tell God that I was angry <laughs> with him yeah. about it, right? Like, treat it like a relationship and not just 
um, he's not my sugar daddy just giving me what I want when I want it. He's he's a father and he's not going to always give me what I want, but he is going to teach me and train me um, because he's a good father. And, mm -hmm. and, and then as you grow, you're a son, right? He's going to entrust you with more in that journey. And so as you're in the place, whether you're knowing that you're firmly positioned and looking at that thing going, okay, there's something here I'm supposed to get. Be thankful for where you are. Yeah. Um, find one thing every single day to be thankful for. And right for me, it was like, what, you know, do the I am exercise that I talked about, right? Just every day for 30 days, who are you? I am just fill in the blank. Um, and if you don't know, then write the same thing over again about the one thing you do know that I am, I am great. I'm a great mother. Cause there was a point where I, I didn't think that my dad had to tell me that he, he had to physically tell me I was a great mother because I was mm -hmm. wrestling with being a mother. Uh, you know, so I learned to find something to be thankful for. I learned to ask questions. Um, and, and not that I wasn't always asking him questions anyway, right? But if you're stuck in the negative sense and immovable, you're asking him the wrong questions. And that yeah. was a hard reality. Um, but, but now I ask different questions, right? Um, mm -hmm. You know, and, and so ask questions. And then um, last night, my friend Shanika was teaching a, teaching a class um, and she said this, she said, mind your mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's so good. Just pay attention to what you watch, what you're listening to, right? What you're putting in your eye gates, your ear gates, what's, and then the, the third, the one that's really important is watch your words. Um, yeah. You got to speak beautiful words over everything, over yourself. Um, watch what you say about yourself. My daughter, I've trained her to correct me. Um, most parents would be like, that's, that's why you do that. Right. <laughs> I heard it correct my words. Um, yeah. she's like, mom, you can't say that about yourself. Right. And, um, apostle Todd, he, uh, was our, uh, apostle and we, he used to say this, he goes, you can't talk about my wife like that. So if she, if miss Audie ever said something negative and that kind of stuck with me. And so I've trained my daughter to say, you can't talk about my mother like that. Mm -hmm. And likewise, I talk to her the same way. I say, you can't talk about my daughter like that. So if she starts to say something negative. I say, mm -hmm. you can't talk about my daughter like that. That's, that's yeah. inappropriate. We speak beautiful words over ourselves. We don't, we don't get the right to say something negative about ourselves. Um, and because what we say is a reflection of what we're thinking, right? So I'm going back mm -hmm. to that, um, which is that, that fundamental principle that I learned in that soul shift class was that thinking feeling cycle, you know, what, and I realized for me, what I say is a direct reflection of what I'm thinking. So if you mm -hmm. can change that, you know, it'll that change your thinking, it'll change what you're believing in. And it'll, ultimately it's what you're meditating on. And mm -hmm. um, there's a lady, Dr. Caroline Leaf. Mm -hmm. She uh, talks about, um, you know, who switched off my, she's got a book called Who Switched Off My Brain. And as we were studying that one year, um, I didn't make it very far. I think I made it like to two lessons or something. And it was just <laughs> like, I was meditating on what she was saying. Um, which echoed what what I had learned in Soul Shift that this thinking thing, like you, you know, our mind creates trees, and mm -hmm. if you have a lot of negative trees, and then there there's tentacles, right? They branch out to other trees. <laughs> if all of those trees are negative, you got to disrupt the root, and yeah. and once you disrupt the root, you also have to plant new trees, and mm -hmm. you plant that by saying the opposite. Just say the direct opposite of what you're thinking. Start mm -hmm. there. And that's how you can begin to uh, move yourself forward from a stuck place and recognizing that perhaps you are firmly positioned 
for something greater on the other side, for the wealth transfer, because that's what happened with Jacob in that story. Those mm -hmm. animals were focused on what was stuck in the ground, but that that was creating opportunity for the father to create to give a transfer to Jacob, right? To go from Laban to Jacob. And, and as a result, there was a wealth transfer that took place because they were mm -hmm. focused on and per, firmly the, the bark was firmly positioned, but the animals were focused on what was positioned in front of them, not what was behind them. Yeah, that's so good. So even the animals were moving forward, looking ahead. Listen, um, <laughs> the whole going on in there, but I was like, let me just, let me put a period there, but that is so good. Um, so you just shared a whole bunch of, you know, really important truths that we can use to move forward. So looking at your life now, how would you say that it's different um, now that you've gone beyond stuck and you've started applying these truths to your life? Um, it's different in a lot of ways. Financially, we're in a better position than we've been in a long time. Um, I am, you know, in terms of one of the thoughts around my career, I now am a vice president in a company, and um, it's just funny to me how that happened because, you know, I had my way that I thought it would work, and none of that happened. <laughs> um, but because of the decisions to just like get up and run a business and do that, which is hard, um, yeah. you know, you, uh, so I, I, I sit in a seat that I wanted to sit in, and I've told my leadership where my, my, my goal is to be COO. Um, uh, chief operating officer uh, for listeners. I use a lot of acronyms, so I have to be mindful. And um, and so they're willing to help me do that. And like, think of, I worked at a really large company and I could never have sat down with the CEO. Mm. Here's what's really cool about this particular situation is the Holy Spirit brought me to this smaller company, but our CEO has bought and sold eight companies and he's worked at some of the largest companies in the world. Uh. I could not have created that situation for myself ever. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. But this is what happens. And our COO, the current CFO, COO, CFO, he's acting in both roles, has also bought and sold companies and worked at some great large organizations. I'm not, I'm getting an education in how to become something that mm -hmm. I couldn't have gotten if I'd stayed where I was. Right. Yeah. So when you start to look back, you go, whoa. Holy Spirit, that's really cool. And yeah. how did I get here? Just following his leading, right? Getting mm -hmm. out of my own way long enough for that. And so um, my children are happier and healthier. Um, I, I don't have high blood pressure. They were shocked. I was yeah. like, yeah, this is going away. Like, I, because I was like, it's not going to happen. We're not going to keep doing this. I was mm -hmm. off that medication within six months. Why? Because I changed my thinking. I, I decided that this is not who I am called to be. It's literally that simple, but we make it so complicated, right? And I haven't been on it for years. Um, and the whole blood, like I had to inject my belly. Imagine having pregnant belly is what I call it, where your stomach is still hard and you're trying to grab a pinch of pee so you can inject some uh, medicine into your system. Like it was just horrible. I was like, I'm not living like this. Yeah. And I literally made that decision. I am not going to live like this. I'm not taking no medicine every day. And once I did that, right, I walk, I get out. I'm actually more, I exercise more than I ever have in my life. Um, I, I'm, am I the smallest? No. But um, am I happier? Yeah, I am. And, uh, you know, and so I'm doing things that I said, I said I didn't want to do diversity and inclusion training. It's exactly what I do every day. Right. So never say never. <laughs> that, that still holds true out yep. there. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. uh, but I am 
my life is, uh, you know, if I told you what was going on in the last month, uh, I'll give you a snippet. Like my refrigerator goes out. I got a family of five to feed three of them little children and the refrigerator um, goes out and it we, it's still not fixed. Uh, but yeah. but because I listened to mentorship, so coaching, mm -hmm. um, I meet with a coach and I, I have a therapist, which was, it took me a long time to get to that place as well. Yeah. But having my coach, um, you know, she mentioned this program and I was like, oh, she doesn't just drop stuff. Let me pay attention to this and go do it. And so if you have people in your life that you know have um, that you've given voice to, that you've given access to speak into your life, then you should probably do what they're telling you to do. Uh, <laughs> that's, and, and when I do that, life is good. I sit in this role because I didn't, as I said, I didn't want to come back into anything that resembled like a corporation, except as a uh, they were a client. And my mentor and I were talking about the opportunity and how it came about. And she's like, I think you should take it. And I was like, huh? <laughs> you know, I was like, no, I don't think so. And, and little did I know, right, because I hadn't done my homework. All of the things that I desire are right in front of me, literally. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, in terms of my career and um, and I don't think I'll ever have to worry about money again, but I couldn't have gotten to the, that place. And that was a prophetic word to me that by saying yes to this assignment, Holy Spirit said, now you won't ever have to worry about money again. Now imagine that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty powerful place. So listen to the people that he's placed in your life. And it's not always easy. My coach knows I, I hardly ever want to listen to her, but I do it. She doesn't see me do it, but I do go back and do what she tells me to do. Right now I'm on a fast from social media because Holy Spirit told me to do it a year ago and I didn't. And mm -hmm. I really believe if I had listened when he said it, obeying in the moment, there right. are things that I could have avoided relationships that I actually probably could have kept in my life, but I didn't listen. And so now I'm going back to obey the word and it has been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I'm spending more time with my kids and my family, which was something the enemy was starting to make me feel like, you know, um, or I shouldn't even say the enemy. I was starting to think that I mm -hmm. wasn't spending enough time with my family because of this job. And then I started to hate the job because I felt like it was taking me away from the very things I said that I value and are important to me. Well, right. change your thinking, right? Go back mm -hmm. to what you know, go back to the beginning, mm -hmm. go back to what worked. And, um, and so obeying God, worshiping and, uh, and life is good. It's not easy, but life is good. It's so much better than it was. And I'm pursuing dreams in other ways that, um, honestly, I thought were dead and long gone, but they're not. Mm, yeah. Well, God's the dream giver and he redeems the time. So we put in the work, like you said, and, you know, he does the rest. So, yes, um, that is awesome just to see this journey and to hear your transformation. Even as we're talking, I know it's going to bless our listeners so much. Well, you've mentioned that you coach, um, do some consulting, you've written books. So how can listeners connect with you or learn more about what you do? Well, uh, you can follow me on Facebook. Uh, it's at Executive Coach Jackson. Um, on Instagram, it's at Career Coach Jackson, uh, just because Facebook and Instagram did something weird. Otherwise, it would have been the exact same. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I don't know what happened there. I remember. Anyway, that's a, a whole other story. But um, you can follow me there. Um, when I'm back, I, I do believe I'll get released here soon. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. Right now, I'm not sure the date that I thought I was going to get released. It doesn't appear that that's going to happen. But when I'm back on social, uh, that's a great place to connect with me. Um, you can also, uh, if you're interested in any of my books, if you go to Identify, that's E-Y-E-D-E-N-T-I-F-I-E-D, Identified.MyKajabi, M-Y-K-A-J, 
abi.com, um, identify.mykajabi.com. You can uh, connect with me for coaching. Uh, you can uh, purchase our books. They're listed there. Um, we also have a class. Uh, last year, I had a word to do a prayer class. Uh, and I brought in two of my friends, um, Dr. Chandra Washington and uh, Tyra, Minister Tyra Eckwood. And we did a prayer pearls series of classes um, from that began last May through um, through the fall. And so those classes are available. Obviously, they are recorded, but they're twenty five dollars each. Right. We didn't even make it in, in um overly expensive, but I taught on prayer um, and each one of them taught on prayer and we taught together about prayer. And that was powerful because prayer, if you think about it, it's making a petition to the father. And many of us think we know how to pray. Um, and and until we get in the word and discover that we actually don't even know what prayer is and and how to pray that, let alone how to pray his prayer. And we default to, to what we know, but there's more um, that mm-hmm. he had for us as it relates to prayer. And one of the biggest things that came out of that, that people um, commented on was that um, praying the word, how do you pray the word? And so I mm-hmm. encourage you to check that out because that will help you learn to change your thinking. Um, and that's how you can join my newsletter, which I, I'm obviously I've been on a break, but things are going to be shifting here soon. That's been part of what this process has all been about. So. Yeah, prayer is our foundation. So thanks for mentioning that prayer class. As you heard, LaTanya has a wealth of resources that you can benefit from. So I encourage you to go check out her website, go follow her on social media, um, and just really connect with all that she's doing. And um, thank you so much, LaTanya, for sharing this time with us and just encouraging our listeners to get unstuck and to know that you can be stuck in good ways, um, that you can keep moving forward and you can experience um, being stuck and successful in the right way. So so thanks again for sharing your journey. Any final thoughts or words of encouragement for our listeners? Do the work and um, just do the work. It's worth it. It doesn't feel like it's going to be worth it, but I promise you it is. And uh, Coletta, thank you uh, so much for the opportunity um, to just be here with you. I know your dad would be extremely proud um, of all that you're doing and have done. Um, he was like a father to many. Um, but had a special place in my heart. And so I just bless you um, and and honor him in in you and honor the work that you're doing to carry forth the message in the way that you were designed to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. You and your family with Pastor Tony and and your beautiful children and your family, um, you know, lives have been changed forever. And I think that this work that you're doing to help people move beyond stuck is phenomenal work. And so I encourage your listeners to keep following Coletta and Coletta, you keep doing what God is calling you to do and lives will continue to be changed um, from now, henceforth and forever. And your children's children will come back and recognize the legacy and blessing that you've had for them. So thank you um, very much for allowing me to be on your show today. Amen. I receive it. Well, thanks so much again. I appreciate the kind words. And like she said, y'all, we've got to do the work. So go out there, do the work, get unstuck, and look forward to hearing more from you. See you next time. Thanks again, LaTanya. Thank you.